0: Welcome everyone to Dead Talk Live. I'm your host, Viz. I want to welcome all of our viewers from around the world. First off, let me apologize uh, for being a little late tonight. Uh, I'm distracted. I'm distracted and quite honestly, um, I'm upset at what has been going on here in the United States today and I debated long and hard uh, whether to bring this up or not. And for those of you that watch me, know that I do not like to bring in politics into this show. Uh, I say often enough, you know, come in here, leave the real world at the door, come in here, enjoy an hour of us talking about, you know, horror, The Walking Dead, zombies, you know, fictional horror entertainment. But what happened today goes beyond the realm of politics. In fact, today, what happened today, what's happening today, really has not much to do with politics at all. Today uh, it involves a man who is a uh, narcissist. And you've heard me mentioned on this show plenty of times in regards to the psychopaths that we see on screen, the Hannibal Lecters, the narcissists, how psychopaths, you know, train in the mirror on how to show emotions and effect. But we're dealing with a narcissist and it's one person and it's the current and outgoing president of the United States. And uh, Donald Trump Uh, what happened today to say was appalling would be a huge understatement I was born in this country I was raised in this country in fact I am the first in my family to be born in the United States my mother, and father, and brother were born in Greece. They immigrated here. And four years after they immigrated here, I was born in New York City. Uh, they're all citizens of the United States now, as of course I am as well, being born here. Uh, I love my country. And uh, what happened today in Washington, D.C., which is just a mere... 20 miles down the road from where I live uh, was scary. Uh, To say it was a complete shock and surprising uh, would not be accurate on my end. What a lot of uh, these people in power don't understand is that words are very powerful. Uh, And we have a person, this is not a knock, on Trump politically. Uh, You know, I want to get one thing out of the way and clear right off the bat. I grew up in New York City. Donald Trump is from New York City. He was born in Queens. I was born in Queens. He's a lot older than I am. He's a good 35 plus years older than me. But me growing up uh, in New York City and watching the local news on on TV in New York City, uh, it was all always about Trump and uh, his infidelity and what he did to his wife, Ivanka, leaving her for a younger woman, then leaving her for a younger woman. And, you know, I basically grew up watching this man on television. And knew all about his character. So when he ran for president back in 2016, I knew what he was all about. You guys got to keep in mind that Trump was not a Republican his whole life. In fact, he became a Republican quite recently. He was a Democrat for the majority of his life. This has nothing to do with parties. This has, this has nothing to do with Democrats. This has nothing to do with Republicans. Okay. Uh, This is about one man, one man who, at the beginning of today, was at a rally, and he instigated a large number of people to walk on the Capitol. And he said that he would be right there with them, right alongside them, walking on the Capitol. Well, guess what? They did walk on the Capitol, but he was nowhere to be seen, he instigated a mob, and then he went into the safety of the White House and to watch the mayhem that he started. And to see the U.S. Capitol building, where the United States Congress, both the Senate and the House of Representatives sit, get raided, windows being bashed in, To see the inside of the chamber being barricaded by furniture from a movie. This was straight out of a movie. Uh, The Capitol Police having their guns drawn and a woman lost her life today. Doesn't matter if she was a protest I don't know if she was a protester. I don't know if she was a police officer. We don't know that yet but a woman lost her life today. A woman died today who did not have to die. Uh, and it that blood is on Donald Trump's hands. And it's also on the hands of quite a few other people who were playing political games, not believing in what Donald Trump believed in. And to be completely clear, I there is not a doubt in my mind that Donald Trump fully believes everything that he's saying, because that's what narcissists are. It's all about them. Donald Trump hasn't done an act of governing in this country for a long time. In fact, today, when mayhem was breaking out in the United States, everybody turned to the vice president. Trump didn't want to be bothered with it. He didn't take any part in it. Nobody went to the president. One of his closest friends and allies came out and said that over the last several weeks, he has devolved into caring about nothing else than him, in his mind, having this election stolen from him. Uh this I I love all my fellow Americans. I really do. And when a man who takes power and I have no doubt about this whatsoever in 2016, he found uh he came in at a time where this nation was divided and he used that division to his advantage to get into the White House. He lost the popular vote, but he won the Electoral College. I was not happy with it. I'm a Democrat, but this is not about Democrats or Republicans. I did not like the fact that Donald Trump was elected president. I was totally surprised. Uh, I was surprised to hear that so many people fell for what he was saying for them believing that he actually did care about him because like I said I grew up watching this man on the nightly news every single night and what he did and what he was being accused of because we were we were both from the same town we were both in New York City uh so he got his he got himself into the white house and the way he got himself into the white house is by seizing on the division in this country and just tearing it apart, splitting it apart to his advantage to get into the White House. And it has come down to this. Uh, He cannot, narcissists cannot fathom that they might be outsmarted That they might lose at something. That's why you see, uh, we see it portrayed in movies, since this this is a show about horror, on how narcissists in movies think they can never be caught. They're too smart. They don't believe that there's anybody out there who is smart enough to catch them. Because in their minds, they are correct. And they can never be outwitted. So since November 3rd, Trump cannot wrap his mind around the fact that he lost an election. Uh, He won an election in 2016. I did not vote for him, but I accepted it because that's how this country works. I accepted it. Back in 2000, uh, with Al Gore and George Bush, uh which was very close it came down to one state a couple of hundred votes separated them uh, i did not like the outcome of that but i accepted it and as americans that is our responsibility when you have somebody who's claiming voter fraud before an election even takes place just preparing and paving the way in case he does lose. I mean, what what more can you really say? Uh, it's just astounding. A lot of people got hurt today. And I don't put the blame entirely at the protesters' feet. One of the rights that we have in this country is our right to assemble and protest peacefully. We do not have the right to use violence, to storm the United States Capitol, breaking glass, storming our way into the Capitol building. Uh, A woman got shot and killed today. Like I said, I don't know if she was a protester. If she was a protester, she was led on by a narcissist. That narcissist is still alive and safe right now she paid for it with her life and that is just sad. There's no other word for it, it's just sad. Uh, And the amount of people that believe that everything that comes out of Trump's mouth is actually true, uh, I don't know what to say. I really don't. I wish you guys watched this man growing up as I did. Uh, Donald Trump does not care about anyone else except for Donald Trump. He came out this morning. He instigated a mob. And even after the mayhem, he was calling those people that were breaking down the windows of the United States Capitol, patriots. They were patriots. No, they are not patriots. Nowhere in the Constitution does it say that you have the right to storm the United States Capitol and break your way in while Congress is doing their job inside. Okay? Today, what was happening in the United States Congress was a formality, okay? Yeah, all right, senators, uh, House of Representative members were open and free to state their objection. It was not going to change the results of the Electoral College. At the end of the day, it just delayed it. But you know what? That's what it says. They have a right to object. Let them object. At the end of the day, it wasn't going to change anything. And after the incident of today and the chaos, those same people that objected, a majority of them retracted their objections, not realizing, and this is what gets me, these are grown men and women not understanding the... Power of words. Donald Trump, his Twitter account has been blocked by Twitter for 12 hours. And what Twitter told him is you basically have 12 hours to delete your misinformation tweets, or that block is going to continue and we live in an age of social media where anyone can go on any platform they want and write anything they want true false we live we're living in an age where the truth doesn't matter it just doesn't matter anymore and what is that if not anarchy okay if nothing matters and anyone can say whatever they want to say, uh, you are free to believe what you want to believe. I'm not here to change anyone's opinion. Uh, years ago, I was one of the naive people who would get into arguments on Facebook with family members until I realized long ago that, hey, let them... People have a right to their opinion. And I respect your opinions. I really do. Not though when it comes to breaking out into violence. You had people today in Washington, D.C. in full uh, camouflage gear. They came in to start a civil war. That was their intention. Uh, A lot of them in their minds... I don't know how many people here are familiar with the U.S. Civil War. Today was going to be the beginning. Today was going to be the Fort Sumter. When the South fired on Fort Sumter, which was the start of the Civil War back in 1861, this was what was going to be in their mind today when they stormed the U.S. Capitol. Well, they failed. They failed. Donald Trump has failed. His, I don't even know what the right words are, but his attempts to intimidate, his attempts at using his position as president of the United States to intimidate, forcing elected officials to throw out ballots, they've all failed. Every court case has been thrown out. The United States Supreme Court does, doesn't does want anything to do with it. So today was his last opportunity, and today was just a formality. A formality where every state submits their electoral votes, the both chambers of Congress accept them, certify them, and that's it. Nothing could get overturned. At the very worst, what can happen is uh, that with every objection it just delays the process but it can't be overturned all the states have certified the results joe biden is going to be the next president of the united states in 14 days from now donald trump's days as president are over and if you listen and if you re- believe these reports i did not was not there in the room i did not hear these conversations going on but everyone who's close to him is coming out and saying that this man has devolved uh, to insanity and what we see as the public as citizens of the United States and citizens of the world with their eyes on the United States all you need to do is look at someone who's not doing anything while a pandemic is raging all around us. Thousands and thousands of people are being hospitalized and dying. And he has done nothing. He's given up on that. He gave up on that long before even November, the November election happened. Okay? Anyway. I am distracted today. I'm upset today. I have never talked about politics, but what I think happened today, it's not political. Today is about a man in power, immense power, the leader of the United States of America, considered to be the leader of, uh, quote unquote, the free world, and... For the first time in my life, growing up in this country, I actually realize how fragile democracy is. It really is fragile. And as for those of you that live in the United States, that are my fellow citizens uh, in this country... Uh, Who knew that all it would take was one man, one narcissist, getting into power, and lying, saying whatever he wants, and having so many people believe him. This person got over 80 million votes in this last election. That cannot be ignored. Joe Biden got over 86 million votes. But Donald Trump got close to 81 million votes. And that's scary. It is scary on how divided the United States has become. It scares me for my children. And what kind of world are they going to grow into? Anyway. Like I said, I apologize. When I got up this afternoon, this was not my intention on how today's show was going to go. Uh, My condolences and prayers are with the woman who lost her life today. Doesn't matter whether she was a protester or not. If she was a protester, she did not deserve to die. Uh, I don't blame if she was a protester. I don't know. And she was storming into the Capitol building. I don't blame the person whose job is to protect the Capitol. I put this blood squarely on Donald Trump. And we need to be very careful... If you guys have been watching the news tonight, you've been hearing the term the 25th Amendment a lot. And in my opinion, that's something that should have been raised a while ago. The 25th Amendment of the United States Constitution basically says that if the president is no longer fit to be president, the vice president with the majority of the cabinet can remove him from office. And I think after today's event, for the last 14 days, in order to restore some kind of normalcy back in this country and in the world, I think that needs to happen. I think Pence, the vice president of the United States, needs to invoke the 25th Amendment. I think the cabinet of this current administration needs to get behind him. Uh... Because after today, and Congress has resumed the session, so make no mistake about it, by the end of today, uh, Joe Biden's win will become 100% official. Those votes are going to get certified today. Senators may still object. A lot of them have retracted their objections after today's events. So after today, Donald Trump, And this is the scary part. He knows there is no overturning this anymore. There is, in his mind, there was never a path after the state certified the election of him to overturn it. There was never. But in his mind, he was going to use every possible way to intimidate because in his mind, he has nothing left to lose. What he doesn't realize is that in 14 days... He just becomes a citizen of this country. And if the 25th Amendment is invoked before then, it's going to be a lot quicker than 14 days. And as a citizen of the United States, he is not protected from prosecution. And he has already crossed very dangerous lines in which lives have been lost now. in inciting violence, inciting riots... ...and spreading false information from a man of power. Twitter, you know, if you don't believe me... ...you know, you guys know he likes to do the majority of his communicating through Twitter. They have blocked him. And uh, they've given him 12 hours to retract all his false information tweets. And if he doesn't do so... He is not going to be unblocked. So anyway, guys. I don't know what else I can say. I see you guys' chats, treason, uh, whatever word you want to use for it. It's, we have a narcissist with who is the leader of this country. uh, And that's dangerous. That's very dangerous. It's dangerous for us as citizens. It's dangerous for the world. And these last 14 days, especially after today, and the vote does become certified, which it will become certified, you literally have a man who has absolutely nothing to lose anymore. He knows he could very well be facing prosecution And he's more than likely going to be facing a ton of investigations ranging from his financial history to his dealings during his time as president. That phone call that was made public of him uh, using the power of the presidency to intimidate the Secretary of State of Georgia to find him 12,000 votes. And yesterday, this cannot go without being mentioned also. Yesterday was a very important election in Georgia. Uh, For those of you that are not familiar, the way Georgia does their state and local elections on election day, if you don't surpass 50% of the vote, it goes into a runoff election meaning that you have to get just over 50% of the vote to win a state or local election in Georgia. There were two Senate races in Georgia that happened November 3rd, along with the election for the President of the United States. The two senators, uh, the two Republican senators, back in November, got the majority of the votes. But none of them surpassed the 50% mark. So this is not a new law. This has been the way Georgia's done it for a long time. Nobody's disputing that. So that runoff election, and what a runoff election is, it's basically, okay, nobody surpassed 50%, so we're going to hold a secondary election for the state senators. And that happened yesterday. And the two Republican uh, senators who got the most votes and uh, they would have won the Senate seats uh, if Georgia didn't have that law on the books about needing to surpass 50%, they would have become the senators. Uh, They would have continued as senators for the great state of Georgia. So the runoff election was yesterday. And those two people, the two Republicans that won the majority of the votes, lost yesterday. And they lost big time. And that's huge. And the reason why that's huge is because Georgia was one of the states of the endless assaults by President Trump on how the election was rigged by the Democrats. And the Georgians, who finally got their voices heard last night, said, screw that. So the two senators, who did not have the spine to stand up for the people that they represent in their state, but went along with President Trump, And his false information of voter fraud, they lost. The people of Georgia spoke up yesterday. So those two people that got the majority of the votes in November are no longer senators in the great state of Georgia. Now there are two Democratic senators in the state of Georgia And with that, and with both those victories for the Democratic Party yesterday in Georgia, the Democratic Party now has control of the Senate. The Democratic Party, Party, come January 20th, has the White House, has both chambers of Congress, the Senate, and the House of Representatives. And if that's not a repudiation against what Trump has been saying. And these are the people speaking. And these are the politicians who instead of standing up for the people that they're supposed to represent and being honest and truthful that this was a fair and honest election and sided with Trump instead, they lost. And... I tip my hats to the voters in Georgia for showing what democracy is really all about. Because at the end of the day, it's us, the people, we have the final say on who gets elected. That's what free and fair elections are about. And as with any election, there's going to be discrepancies, but it's not massive voter fraud there's going to be a vote that a machine does not calculate correctly it's been going on since the ancient greeks when they were voting with rocks whether you were the way the ancient greeks would vote is you would take a rock a black rock would represent candidate a and a white rock would represent candidate B. And they would drop them in a the basket. Even back then, to today, there are irregularities. It's not 100% perfect, but it's not massive voter fraud where it's going to change the results. There's a difference. There is a difference. So... Congratulations to the two new senators from Georgia. And above all, congratulations to the people of Georgia for having your voices heard loud and clear and being a benchmark for how the rest of this country feels with all these bullshit claims that we have been getting bombarded with from a lot of Republicans, and in particular, the President of the United States. Now, with that being said, let's do a little bit of news today. Uh, This is going to be a somewhat abbreviated show. With what has been going on today, I have not had the opportunity to fully prepare uh, for a full show tonight, but I was able to put together some uh, news that we got that we can review together so let's go see what we have for today all right now to change the mood a little bit i thought this was kind of amusing 10 questionable parenting choices in the walking dead because you know hey in the post-apocalyptic world you know you still got to be a a parent and you still got to bring up those young ones they got to grow up a little faster than normal, but let's see what it has to say. Taking care of children in a zombie apocalypse is no easy task, but what, are the mo- what were the most questionable parenting choices in The Walking Dead? So, let's see what they have to say. While the AMC series, The Walking Dead, focuses mostly on adult characters, There are and have been some great child characters on the show as well. They have ranged from babies like Judith to teenagers like Enid. In some cases, the kids have been orphaned, but there has always been an adult who steps in to take care of them. In other kids, the kids' biological parents are very much alive and well. Some, however, are more well than others in the traditional sense of the word. And the one instance that really pops out at me when we're talking about this topic is Aaron and how he got his daughter, Grace. If you remember during the beginning of All Out War, when uh, Rick and company were storming one of the outposts, And Rick made his way all the way to the top level. And that's where we saw Morales from season one. He found a baby. The parents were nowhere in sight. A baby in a crib. Anyway, he took that baby. It was the same day that uh, Aaron lost his partner, Eric. And Aaron took that baby in. And we know that baby now is Grace. It is Aaron's daughter. He raised her uh and that's like the one instance of that just really pops out at me when we're talking about children and in the zombie apocalypse how for example Judith is not was never Rick's biological daughter and he knew it from the very beginning but never once did Rick Grimes waver or treat Judith any differently than being his own flesh and blood daughter so number 10 is carol shooting lizzie now we all know the bad luck that carol has when it comes to children uh obviously carol's very difficult decision to execute lizzie is one of the worst parenting decisions in the series come on you know let's give carol a break here Uh, instead of calling it the worst decisions in parenting history on the show, how about looking at it from the point of view that she did what needed to be done that no one else, at least there at the moment, could do. Uh, In turmoil and tears, Carol urged the young girl to look at the flowers before shooting her point blank in the back of the head. It seemed awfully cruel and heartless, and under any other circumstances, it totally would be. Lizzie was severely mentally ill, had already killed her younger sister, Mika, and likely would have killed baby Judith if she wasn't taken out. She was getting ready to kill Judith if Carol and Tyrese did not show up when they did. She wasn't going to be able to get the help she needed, so there was no other choice. Nonetheless, the decision still raises questions and remains one of the darkest scenes in the series' history. And that's a great episode. Uh, Number nine is Michonne leaving Judith and RJ. Yeah, that to this day is something that a lot of us cannot comprehend. We know that Michonne is out looking for Rick because she found evidence that he might still be alive. But the opposite end of that coin has never been addressed. The fact that she has two children, Judith and RJ, and we don't actually get to see this on the screen, where she actually talks to Daryl and say, Hey, Daryl, I'm leaving you with my two kids. please take care of them. Uh, That conversation never happens. In fact, Michonne never talks to Daryl. It is Judith that tells Daryl that Michonne is not coming back anytime soon, at least. That's odd, okay? They could have uh, done that a little better. Uh, It just raised a big question mark. And it was just left for us as viewers to assume that Judith and RJ's caretakers would be Daryl. and not so much Daryl alone, but the community as whole as a whole will come together to raise those two kids. Number eight, Maggie leaving with Herschel. I don't see this as a questionable. Uh, parenting decision if maggie would have left and left herschel behind that would have been questionable but maggie needed to get away uh, we know that something broke out between her and michonne maggie needed to take a step back uh her taking her son with her no real big uh mystery there now if she would have left her behind that would have been a whole other thing Uh, Number seven on the list is Jesse not making Sam get training. Sam was the personification of a young brat, a kid who was just being, well, a kid in the apocalypse. Part of his whiny nature, however, was the fault of his parents who kept him sheltered in Alexandria. Surely Jesse must have known that things could and would go badly one day. But you guys got to keep in mind, Jesse was not the one to be the teacher. In fact, no one in Alexandria was the combat warrior before, the, before our group showed up. They did not have any kind of skills. Even the people that would go on runs, in particular Aiden and Nicholas, Aiden being Deanna's son... We knew they were jackasses and really couldn't handle themselves, you know, either. And they're the ones that went on scavenger runs. So who was supposed to train Sam on how to be a fighter? So she would have been, uh, so she should have been open to having Sam learn how to fight at a young age. Again, the question, who's going to do it? There was nobody available. Number six, Ezekiel not taking taking Henry out more into the wild. Okay, Ezekiel did a great job at training Henry, spending time with the young boy every day to help him to hone his skills. But when it came time to actually going out to meet with the saviors or fight walkers, ezekiel never wanted to put henry in danger and as a father myself to me that's perfectly understandable while the admirable while, while that's admirable it's also meant that henry wasn't able to truly try out his skills and learn via hands hands-on experience with the enemies and the person that trained henry the most was morgan Uh, Morgan was actually training Henry's older brother, Benjamin and then Henry took on the mantle of learning Aikido uh, to which he used and practiced every day up until he was massacred and killed at the Kingdom Day uh, massacre by Alpha Number 5, Morgan not killing his Walker wife and actually, this is huge I don't know why this is number five and not number one. The biggest mistake that I don't think anybody can argue here is Morgan not taking out Jenny. Okay? Because of that decision, his son Dwayne died. Another totally understandable decision in the beginning, Morgan's wife had turned and was roaming around the house day after day, Morgan had many opportunities to shoot her in the head from afar and put her out of her misery, but he could never bring himself to do it. In the end, the decision to leave her, to come back, to bite Morgan, literally, when she managed to get in the house and bite and kill their son, Dwayne. Morgan was never the same afterwards. He lost his mind. Everything Alpha did to Lydia, so basically instead of clumping or breaking it down into Alpha's You know short You know a list of Alpha's bad decisions when it came to her daughter Lydia Basically, they're saying everything Alpha did in raising Lydia was completely wrong Everything about Alpha's parenting was questionable from the way she treated Lydia To the beliefs she tried to impart on her daughter, she was cruel, heartless, and abusive, both physically and mentally. So it's no surprise her death was one of the most satisfying villain deaths on the show. Alpha did anything she could to tear Lydia down and frighten her, despite the fact that she clearly cared deeply for her daughter. But she cared more about not showing weakness to the Whisperers. Number three, Carol not removing Lizzie earlier. Notice they're using the word removing and not killing. While the fact that Carol took out Lizzie was at all, uh, was questionable, what was also questionable is why she didn't do it sooner. Had she made that tough decision earlier, it might have saved the life of Lizzie's younger sister, Mika. As soon as Carol noticed that something was off with Lizzie, she could have taken care of the situation. She might not have realized that it would have gotten so bad. Nevertheless, keeping Lizzie with the group, even after realizing there was even a small chance she could be a danger to others, was questionable. Well, my question to that is, what do you do with her? You can't put her in a hospital. They don't exist. Do you exile an 11-year-old girl to the wilderness? What other options did they have up until Lizzie took out her sister? Number two, everything Carol did, pretty much. Ouch. Talk about calling Carol a bad mom. Even Carol questioned every parenting decision she made with her kids, from her biological daughter, Sophia, who died one of the most gut-wrenching deaths on the series, to her many unofficially adoptive kids over the years. Like Lizzie, Mika, and Henry, in one episode, Carol, delirious and lacking sleep, continued to see visions of all the kids under her wing who had passed along the way. While not everything was Carol's fault, she is consumed with guilt about everything she did when she had children under her care and they ended up perishing. Number 1. Lori sacrificing herself for baby Judith. Wow! They're calling that a bad parenting decision. Lori did the right thing in many people's eyes by instructing Maggie to deliver her baby safely, regardless of the fact that she knew she would not survive the birth. And while it was a selfless decision for the sake of her child, it was also a selfish one because she was leaving her son, Carl, behind. Was it better, especially given the circumstances, to leave the group with a crying baby, or for her to be there for her younger son? Granted, there was likely no circumstances where Lori could have actually survived anyway. Nonetheless, the decision raised eyebrows. So there you guys have it. uh. uh. Very few stuff in that article I agree with. A lot of the stuff I do not agree with. Uh, calling Lori, Lori's decision to save her baby uh, a bad one because she abandoned Carl. I don't know where they're getting that information from. Anyway, guys, like I said, it's going to be a little bit of a short show. I'm surprised we made it uh, to 50 minutes already. Uh... Thank you so much for tuning in, uh, for listening to my speech at the beginning of this show. Uh, My prayers and good wishes are with everyone tonight. Everyone, you know, in the United States and around the world. Uh, I do believe that we are going to come out from this stronger and better and some way, somehow... We are going to bridge this fracture in our civilization that has been made a lot worse over the last four years. So for those of you around the world, pray for us. And for us here in the U.S., let's pray for each other. At the end of the day, guys, we're Americans, we're human beings and there's no room for what happened today to happen again with that being said please stay safe i'll be back on the air again tomorrow stay walking good night